Welcome to Listen Up America, a show about the truth, opinions, and thinking. A constitutional and conservative podcast in a world of woke cancel culture. We are the resistance. Thanks for joining us this week on Listen Up America. I am your host, Eric. Well, it's been a really busy week, and I'm going to tease for next week that we're going to actually go over, because I've got a ton of sound clips and thoughts and opinions concerning Chairman Joe's very structured, planned press conference that he held on, well, if you ask Joe, it was his 65th day, but it was actually his 64th. It was priceless. Like I said, it was 62 minutes of pure boredom, but there was a lot of things that went on that if you didn't watch it, you didn't see. And the media wasn't going to say anything about it. I mean, this it was softball land. Here's a big beach ball. Hit it with the wiffle ball bat. And, uh, you know, Joe would hit it a little bit. Mostly miss. But next week, we will talk about the long-awaited press conference. But this week, we're going to talk about the shootings. We have not talked about gun control and the media's take on all these shootings that go on every day and how they ignore almost all of them. But they always seem to find time to talk about the ones where they think a white guy did it. So if you aren't aware, down in Atlanta, just about a little over a week ago, a suspect named Robert Aaron Long, a white 21-year-old male from down south in Georgia, I guess, according to some of the authorities, had a bad day. And uh, somebody got fired for saying that. The guy's cheese slid off his cracker. He went wackadoo. And, uh, he ended up driving to three different massage parlors spread along a uh, highway for a bit. And he ended up shooting and killing, um, eight people. He shot, I believe some, uh, Korean women, I believe some Chinese women, some Hispanic guys, uh, that might've just either owned or been there or whatever. He was taken into custody. And, uh, one of the first things I found interesting was, you know, the liberal media, and black people on social media and things like that going, look at that, a white guy goes out and wipes out a bunch of people and he's alive. As this, comparing that to being given a a search warrant to go into Breonna Taylor's apartment because that's where they were told to go. And then they were shot at and then they returned fire. And they compare the two like it's the same and it couldn't be further from that. Usually, as we all know, what happens in these quote-unquote mass shootings, the ones the media loves to glom on to because a white person was either believed to be or whatever in the beginning, that that's it, that's a white guy, let's talk about it, it's a white guy, white guy going crazy, look at another white guy with guns, look at, look at white guy, white guy, they can't say white guy enough, and they start screaming about, you know, it's assault rifles, time to ban them, and all this business, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But either way, the guy was taken into custody because he put his weapon down. He cooperated. Was it way after? Of course. I mean, the police don't have the authority to just start shooting people because he's already killed so many. If he has surrendered his weapon, followed instructions, faced down the whole thing, that's the end of it. You look at George Floyd. If George Floyd had just not been freaking out, which I believe that he was under the influence of drugs because I can read. And that'll come out in a court case. But if he had just listened, the chances of a different outcome for him and the city of Minneapolis and this country would have been gravely different. I saw a woman, I think it was in uh, Nevada, black woman. She's been pulled over. It's just a traffic stop. Uh, I think it was something to do with like a taillight or something like that. And she got out and she's already throwing a bit of a, a fit. And she goes back into the car after the officer's talking to her. And he's like, please don't go back in the car. Please don't go. It's all on video cam. You can see if you watch the whole thing, you'll see it all unfold. She goes back into the car, butt out, head in, arms reaching out, grabbing stuff, moving stuff around. And he's telling her, no, 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 no. He goes to grab her to pull her out for everyone's safety. You have to understand if we can't, as a police officer, see your hands, everybody in this situation is now unsafe. That's why people get shot when they got their hands and they're screwing around. 
because it could have been grabbing her cell phone or a flashlight. The cop's got a blink of an eye to make a decision. And everyone says, well, he should have just waited. And then he's dead. That happens all the time. And then the other half of the time is he shoots. Sometimes they got a weapon, sometimes they don't. You just don't know. To put that kind of expectation on a human being to decide whether they live or die based on a criminal acting stupidly is insane. So anyway, she's running around the car, cops chasing her around the car. He goes to taser and she reaches into her purse that was in the, the car and pulls it out and she shoots at the cop. She had a gun in her purse the whole time. You could just kind of see, you watch this going, before you even see the gun, you're like, something's squirrely going on. She's either stashing drugs, stashing guns, something. She's doing something she shouldn't be doing. She shot at the cop at least once. The noise is so uh, intense from everything going on because you hear people, just let her go. You know, the normal rhetoric from people that are uninvolved but want to make themselves involved as bystanders. He pulls his gun and he shoots and he kills her in the car. He was shot, by the way. The police officer did have a bullet wound, uh, maybe two, but he was shot at least once and laid on the ground calling in and for help and so forth as officer down. She shot him and he killed her in the car. And the mom's like, well, my daughter's a good girl. Your daughter was a criminal that didn't listen. If she had just kept her hands out of the car, done what she told, she probably just gotten a ticket and wouldn't have caused anything about a search at all. But once you dive back in, now everything's in play. Your daughter was up to no good. Either she just had a bad attitude because she was, look, I can do whatever I want and ain't no cop gonna tell me different. No, you still have to follow the law for your safety and for theirs. And if you're going to continue as a society to behave this way, no matter what your color, if you're going to be just, screw it, I'm not listening to you and I'm gonna do what I want and I'm gonna shoot at you, you're going to likely die. And you're going to be deservedly so dead. Cops want to go home too. The last thing they want to do any day of the week is pull their gun out. They'd rather just patrol and maybe shoot some hoops with the kids in the street and talk to them and, and see some people over here. and just, just community. Just work that. But no, everybody's up to no good out there. More than no good than not. Everyone's up to something. So this guy in Atlanta kills. White guy, white guy, white guy. Bill Maher comes out in, on his show in, on HBO and says, what if this wasn't racism? Because you got to remember, the investigation is coming out and the FBI and the local authorities are all saying they do not believe from the information they've gathered from his home, from his computers and phones and just interviewing him over and over and over. And let me tell you something. They didn't interview the guy in 12 minutes said, thanks for saying that, appreciate it, bye. They grilled that dude for a day straight. Didn't let him sleep, blink, poop, nothing. That's what you have to do because you're trying to break them within reason of, of what they call uh, uh, of civility, right? You've got to, there's only so much you can do, but you're going to push the limits. And it comes out the next day that they don't believe that this was racially motivated. Now, the media and all the politicians out there on the left are screaming, that's a bunch of nonsense. This was racially motivated, of which none of these people have any facts. None of these people have spoken to them any of the people involved with this, nothing. This is just, it's a white guy, so therefore it's racist. So Bill Maher, not a conservative, is saying, what if it's not? What if this guy just was a little bit crazy and, you know, the sexual addiction thing? I mean, it is a thing. You've got a world that is over-sexualized. TV shows, music. I mean, for goodness gracious, I don't watch any of the award shows or anything like that, um, but you can't miss it when two black women, I don't even know their names, don't even care, do this song called WAP, W-A-P, and it stands for something that's pretty nasty, and that's played on the radio. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't want my kids watching any of that stuff. And you're going to scream and hoot and holler about Dr. Seuss? And you're going to have two black women simulating lesbian sex on national TV, and now it's all over YouTube. Oh my gosh, I watched a video on YouTube with Steven Crowder. He put up there about, because they were starting to uh, label his and ban videos because they curse on their show. And they put up videos that are on YouTube right now. There are two white guys, homosexuals, simulating how to have sex with one another. They're, they're clothed at this time a bit, but then they had one lay down 
they put up like a PVC, like a little square rod and hung a bed sheet over it. And you got the one guy on his stomach looking at you. And there's a guy behind the curtain and he has to guess if it's him or a toy inside. This is on YouTube. This is the sexualization of this world. You can go and watch with a curtain. A guy guess if that's his boyfriend or his favorite whatever. It is disgusting what is out there in this world. And this Robert Aaron Long, for whatever reason, it seems to be, without knowing all the facts, I'm not assuming, it just seems to be likely that something in his head triggered because of this sexual issue he was having. So he shot up massage parlors. He didn't go anywhere else. He went to massage parlors. Okay, so I did some digging because God forbid the media going to do it. I just took my iPad, went on Yelp, zoomed out to my uh, general community. It includes like three uh, cities and a couple towns. I think it's about 300 to 350,000 people in that area. And I just typed in for business massage parlor. And it just, when you go on Yelp, how many does it give you when you do a search like that? When you pick a thing? 20, right? So I moved my little square over and zoomed in and moved it in and moved it in. I moved it like four times. There are 55 massage parlors in my community area in California that's not LA, we're outside LA, with 300 plus thousand people living, there are 55 massage parlors in our community. In the last five to 10 years, you could see there was some, you know, the legit ones, you had the massage envies and things like that, and there would be like Betty's therapeutic, chiropractic, whatever. You know what, so you, and you look, and you can tell, now you look at the reviews on Yelp, you'll see, What's legit and what's not legit? Because I talked to a friend of mine whose name I will not mention. He is single and he has the right to do whatever the heck he wants. And he was telling me about these things. These massage parlors are, for some, are actual places where these women live. That they don't go home. That there is a weather steel screen door inside the building that... Once you go in, he goes, there's like a lobby and the girl, and you go in the back and they close the door behind you. And then there's the back and he goes, and some of the places, um, he goes, he's seen hot plates. He's seen like pillows and stuff on the ground type thing. Um, the smell of like Chinese food, ramen noodles, like that kind of smell, um, with like some soy salty kind of thing. And he goes, you can smell that they've been cooking in here, which made him think they're probably cooking. They're probably living. They never get to leave type thing. But he goes, it's always Chinese, Korean or, or Hispanic, Latina girls, always. And they're anywhere from like 18, he's guessing, 21, whatever, um, up. He said he's seen women as old as like in their 40s and 50s in these places. And he says, to a business, if it says anything Asian, Oriental, Korean, Chinese, whatever, if it doesn't say something more mainstream, but you just see massage spa, parlor, like that, and it says Wong's or Korean or whatever, it's one of those joints. You know what I'm all talking about. It's one of those, you don't go there because they do sexual activity. And people go in there and pay them. He was saying, it goes, it just depends. It could be 40 to a hundred bucks or whatever. And then it depends on what the woman does or doesn't will or won't. And that's it. So it's just a brothel. That's all it is. So you got the massage parlors that look to be, it looks like sex trafficking is going on. People are being held there against their will. They're basically legal brothels because they just go get a license. I mean, in our area, but of the 55, probably 48 to 50 of them are these massage parlors. There's probably five to seven actually legit. But you got 50, give or take, in a community of 300,000. It goes everywhere. You just drive down the main drag, you'll see massage parlor, massage parlor, massage parlor, massage parlor. They're just boom, 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 boom. They're more prevalent than smoke shops and gas stations now. Starbucks can't hold a candle to these things. So I suggest you look in your community. Zoom out. See what you find out. Just look at massage parlors. See how many you got floating around your town. And it'll say reviews. When you got a place that says one, two, three reviews, it's likely one of those. If you got one that's got 50, 60 and the women, this is the trick. If, if there are no women reviews, there's, your, there's a tip. If there's a woman review and it's a one star, there's a tip. If there are no reviews or one or two from guys, there's a tip. It's dominant. These things are everywhere. And the sad thing is, I know it, 
by just talking to somebody and going on this going, well, I'm not stupid. How do the authorities, how do the sheriff and the police and the communities not go and bust every one of these places, get identification from these women and find out they're being held by cartels, by the Chinese or mafia or whatever it is. Somebody's making them do this. Nobody wants to do this. Do they? No, come on. Nobody wants to do this. But they just sit there and let them go. Just let it go. So the guy in Atlanta, he's white, if you hadn't heard. Did something that doesn't look to be racist, but it's being presented as such. Now we go to Boulder, Colorado. And you had the, uh, it was the middle of the day, so the helicopters are flying around, media's on the street. And, uh, they're being, he's being escorted out. The guy, uh, he, another white guy, got a white guy going out there shooting everybody. Yeah, the white guy. His name is Ahmad Alwia Alasea. He's Syrian. 21-year-old Syrian lived in Colorado. Remind us again who just last month, just out of the blue without asking congressional approval, to bomb Syria? I'm sure there's no relation. Not a white guy. Maybe he's light-skinned. You know, we've been down that road with Trayvon and stuff. That guy was not white. He was very much like Hispanic Cuban whatever. But white guy, white guy, more white guys. This guy had an AR-15. This guy, I guess, did have an AR-15. Do you all know what AR stands for in AR-15? Because if you ask a Democrat who's a moron, or you ask the media who are bigger morons, they think it's assault rifle. It is not. AR does not stand for assault rifle. The first company that came out with it was Armalite. And they called it the Armalite 15, and they called it AR-15. Hence, it's born. It's no different than mid-sized car. It's a mid-sized car, whether it's by Honda, Toyota, Chevy, whatever. It's all the same. It is not an assault rifle. It is a semi-automatic weapon. Pull the trigger once, bullet comes out. Pull it again, another bullet comes out. You know what else does that? Handguns, other rifles, shotguns. You pull the trigger, a bullet comes out. Automatic weapons are banned in the country. A couple states you can go shoot them. I know in Nevada you can. Companies at gun stores and gun ranges have the means to let you do that. I think in Texas you can do it, maybe a couple others. But you cannot own an automatic weapon. Can you make it an automatic weapon? Yes. Is it legal? No. If you go to a gun range and you do this, what will happen? The other gun owners will immediately call 911. And they will take pictures of you and your vehicle and everything else because they don't want to be around an automatic weapon. Not in an environment that's just open and whatnot. Every gun range in this country, most of them will probably pull a weapon on you telling you to put it down. And then they put it down, call 911, move them back, take the weapon away, and they will hold this person. An AR-15 is just a rifle, but it's black. It looks militarized. Yeah? So? Shoots the same bullet as another rifle that looks like something John Wayne had. It's just a look. And with AR-15s, it's a functionality thing. A lot of that black metal, you see the grids and things on there, rails, you can modify and put equipment on there. Flashlights, scopes, handles. It's just, it's just an accessory base. People do that with their cars. I like this kind of stereo system. I want the bigger video screen. I want whatever. Yeah, it's what we do. And I'm going to remind you all, it's a tool. A gun is a weapon, is a tool. It has no brain. It has no feeling. It has no consideration. That's the person behind it. And I'm going to get into the stats here in a second. But they couldn't wait to be screaming, white, 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 white. I'm going to give you some stories just from this week, the last six, seven days, okay? I'm going to give you these stories, and I'm going to give it to you as it's presented in the media, and I'm going to give the information at the end. So here's our first one. Pittsburgh man accused of stabbing boy 12 at McDonald's used racial slurs. Bit witness, said the police. Get any color in that yet? The unhinged man accused of tackling and stabbing a 12-year-old boy in the neck at a Pittsburgh McDonald's allegedly bit another person, used racial slurs, and assaulted police officers during and after the attack. Charles Edward Turner, 51, 
said some really nasty things. White N-bombs, white devils, and so forth. He punched an officer, kicked an officer, hit another one. He's being charged with criminal attempt homicide, four counts of aggravated assault, two counts simple assault, resisting arrest. Notice a charge not being slapped in there? Oh, there's a picture of him, by the way. He's black. Man charged with hate crime in New York City Asian subway rider attack. So now we have an Asian that was attacked in the subway. Wait, there's nothing about race in that title. A Bronx man has been charged with a hate crime. Fox News has learned in the alleged assault of 68-year-old Asian subway rider in lower Manhattan. Mark Matthew, 36, allegedly repeatedly attacked Narayange Bodhi, who is a Sri Lankan immigrant. Let's keep scrolling down here. And thanks to an exhaustive video canvas by the NYPD transit detectives, cops recognize this man from his image on a wanted poster. Tonight, he is in custody. And I'll keep looking, and uh, he called him a UMF and Asian. All of a sudden, the guy was stabbing motion and just hitting him over the head. Within seconds, blood was all over the victim. Yep, he got smashed up pretty good. There are pictures of the uh, suspect. I'm still looking, not a word, uh, commissioner, nothing in there, just a hate crime. He's black. New York City again. Here's the, here is the uh, headline. Hate crime suspect accused of threatening Asian woman, smashing her cell phone, telling her to go back to China. The six foot four suspect also threatened to go to Chinatown and attack others. Well, let's just scroll through this article and see if we see anything about, see, there's a guy going after an Asian woman, photos, he's on the subways, it looks like he's on a bus, suspect was sitting across the number seven train, it's just suspect, 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 um, six foot four, 180 pounds, more of the same, and just some of the things he's said and done to uh, a, a lady and a man that they know of. Yeah, there's this photo, black. Okay, and here's another one. And they, I, I'm just telling you guys, I just pulled them up. I didn't like give me crimes with, I just look up the stories. If there's nothing about race in it, it's a dead giveaway. It's easy to find. Title, woman charged with hate crime after calling McDonald's manager stupid Mexican, physically attacking him. The suspect also referred to employees as dumb Mexicans who don't know how to speak English. Authorities said a 40-year-old woman was charged with a hate crime after calling a McDonald's manager, a stupid Mexican, and physically attacking him while calling other employees dumb Mexicans who don't know how to speak English. Yeah, this took place in Mountain View, California. For you those who don't know, the Bay Area. Get a theme here? It's like the Bay Area, New York City, you know, liberal bastions of love and peace. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, authorities said Alina Jenkins, who is the name of the woman, Came in just before seven o'clock on a Saturday in the morning. She refused to wear a mask. Well, that's insane. You're in the Bay Area. I thought that was like, you're born with one now. And she just blankety blanked the Mexicans. Go ahead and call the cops. I don't care. Da, 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 da. Went a little crazy poo. And through this whole thing, we will continue to hold those that commit crimes against others simply based on their race accountable. But you don't say what a race is. Oh, let's go to the picture. Black. Statistics just came up that in the Bay Area, 85% of all attacks on the Asian community, 85%. So if there are 100 attacks, 85 of them were committed by black men and women. My point through all this is if you're going to report how a white shooter and what they did and all that stuff, what, they, what you think they thought and what you're making all these decisions for them, then you need to do it for everybody else. If the media is going to say white shooter in Boulder, Colorado, you need to say black knife attack in Pennsylvania, in Pittsburgh. A black subway rider attacks Asian. A black woman screaming at Mexican heritage people in McDonald's and throwing stuff and all that. You have to be consistent. You just bury these stories. They're never on the front page. They're always like down at the bottom of page three and a quarter behind some ad for TVs or something. You know, for those even, even if you go online, it's never at the top. You have to kind of look around. It's never easy to find the truth. And I, they do that on purpose. And that is my problem. Why is journalism hiding everything? 
Why can't they just say, well, you know what? Of all the shootings that are going on in this country, and in 2020 alone, mind you, was, I believe, the worst gun year in the country. See, Eric, I told you, I told you, guns, guns. Yeah, let's get to the stats, people, because I got information for you. This is just headlines from Chicago and Detroit last week. One killed, two injured in Detroit triple shooting. 20 shot, four fatally in Chicago this weekend. Police, one killed, three injured in Detroit shootings. Here's Chicago Sun-Times. 15 shot, three fatally Monday in Chicago. Chicago Sun-Times again, and this was uh, a couple of days before. 40, four, zero shot, five fatally in Chicago this weekend. This is all the time. Gang wars at the root of Chicago's high murder rate, behind the grim numbers of Chicago gun violence in 2020. CBS News. There are 228 dead. That's the number of murders this year in Chicago. They're talking about 2021 right now. It's nearly twice as many as the number of Americans lost on the battlefields of Afghanistan over the last six months. And the number of deaths is up 35% over the same period. As 2020 draws to a close, Chicago has reached a grim milestone of 766 gun homicides, the highest number since the 778 of 2016. Other numbers in Chicago also are marked higher than a year ago. 4,115 people shot, 11,280 illegal guns seized, and they arrested over 7,200. See, they go in, they break into homes, they steal weapons from people that have them registered and licensed and took classes and safety and the whole thing. These guns are stolen. Then they end up on the street, they go into the bad guy's hands, and they go shoot up parties and parks and streets and whatever they feel like. Because somebody looked at my girl wrong, or you're on the wrong side, or you're wearing the wrong color, just stupid, stupid reasons that no one can comprehend. They don't even get it, the people in the streets that are doing this. They don't get it. They're just doing it because the guy that they are working for or brought him into the life or their brother or father, whatever, said, this is what you do. You talk about racism and how white people are killing. You're exterminating your own race every damn weekend. And the media talks about gun violence, mass shootings. How is that not a mass shooting when you have 40 people shot in a weekend? That's way more than happened in Boulder. That's way more than happened down in Atlanta. 15 shot in Chicago on Monday. Are you guys paying attention? They're only talking about one race. And they can't wait for a white person to go crazy and go shoot people. Can't wait. But they ignore the daily and hourly gunfights that take place in Detroit, in Chicago, in New York, in L.A., down in the bigger cities, in Dallas, in Texas. Happened down in Miami. All these liberal bastions. They never talk about that daily going on. What, numb to it? Is that even possible? If, if you all knew all these shootings were happening in this city near you all the time, that you assume, but if you knew and the media was honest, would you leave your house? you'd be going trying to get a gun or move the hell out of that city. But that's where we're at. Scream white. It's not white. But to ignore all the shootings that go on in the inner city, to ignore race when it's a person of color committing a crime, that's an insult, and it's wrong. And that's why I've said for Decades. Journalism is dead. They're lying and only telling you what they want to tell you to feed the agenda, which is to take away your guns. Good luck. If the Biden administration and this ridiculous Senate and the, the attack on the filibuster, if that goes through and they say, you have to surrender all your weapons, I'm going to go out and just say it. You want a civil war? You're going to get a civil war. You are not taking my weapons. You're not taking my friend's weapons. You're not taking my family's weapons. Not without a fight. As we say, this is the business end. Smile for the flash. So I'm going to leave you with this last article to think about, and we're going to move on. 
It says, uh, yes, guns kill, but how often are they used in self-defense? So Professor Emeritus James Q. Wilson, he's the UCLA public policy expert, says, and I quote, we know from Census Bureau surveys that something beyond 100,000 uses of guns for self-defense occur every year. We know from smaller surveys of a commercial nature that the number may be as high as two and a half to three million cases of self-defense with guns. We don't know what the right number is, but whatever the right number is, it's not a trivial number, end quote. Do you see what he's saying? Second Amendment affords everyone in this country the legal right to obtain, keep, and maintain a weapon or more. You're responsible for it, but you are entitled by the United States Constitution to do that. You can choose not to, that's on you. But they're saying, no matter if it's 100,000 people a year that use a weapon to stop an intruder from harming their family, or it's 3 million, the number is not insignificant. It means lives were saved. And if the bad guy died, the bad guy died. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Our Instagram page is at listen underscore up underscore America underscore. And our Facebook page is L-U-A podcast all together. L-U-A podcast on Facebook. So please join the community. Tell us what you think. Share with all your friends and let them know how awesome we are. So this segment, I want to talk about the border. There's been a lot of news and it is an insanely dangerous and serious topic that I've been trying to convey every week. We have rules, we have rule of law, and we're just allowing Chairman Joe and his administration to ignore it. Rules don't count for these folks because they're so oppressed, which is nonsense when we've talked about that. And we will continue to talk about that. Chairman Joe says... You know, he, he gets picked off every once in a while when he's going from like falling up the stairs to walking on a tarmac and things like that. And somebody will yell something. And that's the reporter pool I'm talking about. We'll ask a question like, are you going to the border? And he'll go, no. He's now put vice chair Kamala Harris in charge of the border. Okay. So I got to ask, so what does this guy do? I know he naps. And I'll talk about it next week, but the dude is taking like his schedule is like he did something on a Saturday, he did nothing on a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday was a little prep day, and he did one little thing, and then he had his news conference. The guy doesn't do much. He's handing everything off. Like I said, I think he's more convinced he's the vice president and he just gets to chill and he just because he's older, or maybe because he said, Well, you're white, so you get the big boy room. We'll just put the black girl in the vice president's side of the White House. I don't know. Wouldn't slip my mind for a second that that was possible, but here we are. So she's in charge of the border and she's asked by reporters, are you going to go to the border? Here is her reply. Do you have plans to visit the border? Uh, um, not today. <laughs> People are dying every day crossing and that's what she does. She just laughs. The sucks. <laughs> yeah, me. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi. She comes out and says, the border is under control. If anybody out there with some brain cells, put the beer in the pot down, college people out there, just for a second. People are dying at the border crossing it. They're sick. They're being detained in abhorrent conditions by this government, by this administration. Does any of that sound under control? that we have any say in this matter? Or does it look like we are reacting poorly to everything that's happening? That it's coming so hard and so fast, we can't react quick enough to deal with it. That, as they've said, a tsunami of people has hit. And if you ever saw a video of a tsunami like down in the Indian Ocean, it was like 10 years ago or so, you need to watch it because that's what a tsunami does. You can't, you have no control. 
You're at its will. It decides. And this border is not under control. They're deciding. You got Biden's DHS secretary, that's Department of Homeland and Security. He refuses to call it a crisis. Just won't do it. He's on CBS Morning News and everything else. Nope, 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 nope. And he sits there and announces, we will not expel unaccompanied minors who travel to the border and emphasize that we will care for them. Oh, wait till you, wait till you find out what we're doing. Because I guarantee you haven't heard it all yet. A Democratic congresswoman from California, Linda Sanchez. Oh, gosh. Talk about... If your IQ is under 100, if you barely finished high school, maybe you got your GED, and you only did because whatever, you know, you had to get it done and you're just still not a bright person. You're just school stupid, whatever. You don't speak well. You can't do math. You can be a congressman or a congresswoman in California. This woman is as dense as a brick. She's beyond stupid. There's not even a word that expands on how ignorant and unintelligent this woman is. She's out there saying, it's not appropriate for the media or people to go down to the border and to see the conditions. It's not appropriate. Transparency. Remember, that's what these clowns were telling us. You're going to get nothing but transparency. Not like Trump. Trump didn't show you nothing. Trump took media anywhere and everywhere and didn't even argue about it. Just go ahead and look. I ain't got nothing to hide. This is what we have. This is what we're doing. You don't like it? You report about it. But now you got Biden out there, old Chairman Joe, and these are his policies, his people out there with the floodgate open and sitting going, oh my gosh, what do we do? Let's stuff 800 kids into a facility that holds 60. Good idea. We put on our uh, Instagram and Facebook this week, you saw a picture of tinfoil wrapped. Looks like burritos at Chipotle. Just bup, 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 stacked. Now that was, that was kids, 15, 16, 8, 5, 12, all laying on the floor, on top of one another, looking like a bunch of burritos. Not to be racist, they look like a Chipotle burrito with their tinfoil blankets. It's inappropriate for you to come see it. She's an idiot. 329 migrants were crammed inside of three semi-trucks. So these trailers are like 40-footers. There's 329 amongst three. So there's a 100-plus in every trailer. Crammed. Got caught, found, and busted, and opened up in Mexico. They didn't even make it this far. So they're doing that. In the first two and a half months of Chairman Joe, there have been 33,000 unaccompanied minors, those under the age of 17, come across the border in two and a half months. Now, we'll talk about it next week, but Chairman Joe, through his notebook, said... Well, my surge is up 28%, but when Trump was in office, it was up 33, same time. Here's the truth. So in two and a half months, halfway through March, 33,000 unaccompanied. All of last year, from January 1st through December 31st of 2020, 30,000. Do the math. Is 30,000 more than 33? Is two and a half months smaller than 12 months? Yes. Are they lying to you? Oh, God, yeah. They're talking, they're lying. So you want to know where the money. And this should infuriate every American in this country. All race, black, Hispanic, Asian, white, anybody else I'm missing. If you or your family or your friends have served this military, our country, Old Chairman Joe's going to give $86 million for migrant hotels a month. How many veterans do we have on the streets that are homeless? Lost. Broken. Living on the streets. What do they get? They get nothing. But we're going to give $86 million a month for hotels to house the under-control, non-crisis situation that is requiring a complete chaotic and crisis response. Henry Quaylar, remember I told you about him last couple of weeks, Democrat, congressman, down on Texas border. He's the first one to break in. He got into those facilities. He's the one that took those pictures of the burrito kids. He knows 
He's a Democrat and he knows this is really bad. COVID cases are going through the roof and they're living in these plexiglass tents on top of each other. And they talk about, well, we got to be spaced. We got to wear masks, all stuff. None of this is happening. It's out of control. Only if you believe in COVID. The federal government has estimated that the cartel and the gangs on the border that are shipping people across, that they made $14 million a day as an industry, because that's the way of doing business down there, just in February. $14 million a day the cartels and the gangs are making to ship unaccompanied minors and anybody else they can get their hands on that want to cross to get them across. Take everything from them, put them in a, like a sex slave servitude, send them across the border to work in those uh, uh, massage parlors that I'm sure most are run by uh, uh, gangs and cartels. Does any of that seem like, well, that's just a super reach. Does it? 14 million a day. I'm Chairman Joe, and I say the border's open. Whoa, whoa, I need you all to slow down. You know, we'll talk about it next week because I'm such a great guy. That's a quote from Chairman Joe. Cartels, the enemies of, of just human society that are out there exploiting everything and everybody for their own gain, making them drug mules for now and in the future to take those 17 and 18 year olds that are coming across the border, they're gang members. Most are going to be NR. And they're going to create new pipelines and they're going to just filter into this country more and more and we're going to have more and more drugs everywhere. That's what we're creating. That's what we're good with. Here's another article of what the border being so under control is. Leaked document, more than 800 migrant kids held in cage-like facilities for over 10 days. The maximum time allowed by federal law is 72 hours. So you have three days, government, under your own laws and rules to figure this out. They're sitting in there in 10 days counting. It's under control. Biden's asked at that cockamamie press conference, when do we get to go down? When everything's under control, wait, everyone's saying it is under control. Now you're saying it's not under control. I'm just saying you got to wait. Most transparent administration ever, people. And the media just sits and goes, okay. Stimulus package. Remember that? That joke that apparently more people in this country have not been paying attention. And you all need to be listening to the show and shows like it. But it got like 60% approval rating. You know, Santa Claus thing again. $4 billion is going to go to illegal immigrants. Veterans, hello, hello, veterans. Oh, yeah, no, nothing for you. In this part, we'll just wrap up this segment. And it came out last week. So it's been talked about because the Mexican president, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, has been speaking about the situation because his country is getting just crushed. They said the cartels are now running Mexico again because we've just empowered them and they're collecting all this money, they now rule Mexico again. He's a left-wing politician, okay? He's not Trump. He's, he's so Obama and Biden, it's not even funny. He blames directly President Joe Biden on Tuesday for ongoing immigration crisis at the border. Expectations were created that with the government of President Biden, there would be a better treatment of migrants, and this has caused Central American migrants and also from our country wanting to cross the border thinking that it's easier to do so. So when Americans that are white or whatever say that Biden is the reason for this, and you go, racist. So what's the left-wing Mexican president? Is he racist? As he's saying exactly the same thing everyone else with a common-sense brain that's like, you know, this is out of hand. No, it's under control and it's not a crisis. This is all good. It's so good. Like I said, he put Harris in charge and she's not going to go to the border. Remember? <laughs> she's going to have meetings with the president of Mexico, Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador, and she's going to speak to them. Wait a minute. Didn't Trump do that? And that kind of slowed everything down. 
And then he said, if you don't slow it down, that money we send you, I'm going to cut that off. And anything you, you know, especially you, Mexico, if you export anything in this country, yeah, I'm raising tariffs on that. I will destroy your economies wholesale. Get a grip on your countries. Don't make your problems my problems. That's what Trump said. And it worked. It was cutting it down. The president of El Salvador was grateful because he wants his people to stay. He wants to build a society like Panama and Costa Rica and Belize and places like that. A democracy that works and is safe. That they can find industries of tourism. I've been to Central America. I've been to the places I just named. They're beautiful. People are wonderful. Are there bad guys? Oh, God, yeah. Some countries you just drive through, you don't even stop. I don't go to Mexico. I haven't been to Mexico in, I don't know, like something like 20 years, I think it is. My brother and I went down there, and that was the last of that. I'll never go back. There's no point in going back. I wouldn't even take a cruise ship and get off the damn boat. There's no point in it. It is corrupt as corrupt as corrupt gets. Remember, Cancun was a thing. I had a friend who was going to go down to Cancun. I'm like, good luck. And that was like the month leading up to it. People were being gunned down with cartels, heads floating in the ocean surf. I'm like, good luck. I wouldn't go. I'd cancel my trip right now and head somewhere else. They went. They were kind of locked down in the hotel. They weren't allowed to like leave the property kind of thing because the cops can only protect what they can protect. That's just normal now. Totally accepted. Don't go to Mexico. Don't go to any of these places. But the president of Mexico is saying, this Chairman Joe guy is out of control. ABC News, NBC News, CBS News, CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post, all these liberal rags have gone down there and talked to people, and they've went on radio. They've gone on TV and said, why did you come here? And to a man and woman, every immigrant said, because of Joe. He said so. If Trump was still president, would you come? They're like, oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no way. They wouldn't come. Gee, you got to take this all into consideration. It is out of control. And we're going to be talking about this for as long as this clown leaves the door open. Because this country is being overwhelmed for the sole purpose not to protect people from oppression and violence and COVID. Now, bring it all with you, because they do. They just bring it with them. They're children that are coming unaccompanied. Like one woman was here, gave the kid a phone number, whatever, and had it in his pocket. He's nine years old, comes across the border, gets caught, has the number. The reporter takes the number, calls. She's in America. How are you in America, mom, and you leave your kid behind? And then you say, the kid's like, well, we walked for 22 days. Actually, he rode the train. The, they call it the beast, I think. Loving parent, abandoned children, Illegally crosses the country, tells her child, best of luck. I hope you make it. This is my number if you do. And these numbers, this is part of the scam too. We should just call the number, Eric, and get them to their parents. They have to verify that that's actually their mom. That it's not just some lady, part of a cartel, playing mom for a million kids. And then running them through and putting them into the sex trafficking trade. And doing whatever God knows they do with these, these children. It is a criminal organization running the whole damn thing on both sides of the border. And they just look the other way. Both just look the other way. U.S. government, cartels, all right. That's what we're doing. That's what you voted for. That's the reality of today's world in America. All right, and just some other news that was just uh, too much not to let go. I had to bring it up this week. Co-chair Kamala Harris is going to have a one-on-one conversation with Bill Clinton to discuss empowering women and girls. Like the former president, Bill Clinton, this isn't like, like some other Bill Clinton, you're the vice chair. <laughs> the guy that flies on the Epstein planes to, to booty Island, <laughs> you know, to rape girls. Oh my gosh. The guy that is actually raped women when he was governor of Arkansas. <laughs> 
is going to have a conversation on empowering women. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I Okay. Good luck, girls. That's a conversation I would I would avoid. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, another story. This one's just as funny. A biological male just won Miss Nevada. <laughs> okay. I swear. So the Miss America badge is coming up and a dude is Miss Nevada. <laughs> okay. And it's like they're talking about. <laughs> oh my gosh. They're talking about. <laughs> this empowers women. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, winning. Make it feel good. Them some ugly women in Nevada all of a sudden. I mean, did you all, what did you do for a talent? If, you, bikini? This guy has it tucked down in there. He's still equipped, by the way. He's got it tucked in there. So if he does a spin around, you're going to, oh, sausage factory. Oh, my God. A dude. <laughs> just one Miss Nevada. Oh, righty. That is, I... <laughs> <sighs> the White House is, uh, they just got, they just fired like 15 people for smoking pot, either currently or in the past. <laughs> uh, you're fired for smoking pot. Wait a minute. The president, I mean, the vice chair lady, Kamala, she's like, I smoke pot like crazy because my daddy Jamaican. I'm like, wait, wait. <laughs> So they fired a bunch of pockets. <laughs> but she's still token and blowing on the bong. Oh my gosh. Oh, I have sides hurt. This is too good. Oh, and the last thing, I don't even know where to end it, but this is where we're going to wrap it up, guys. Uh, so there's a, a rapper out there. Her name is Lil Mama, a uh, black lady. And uh, she says she's starting a heterosexual rights movement. <laughs> my, my producer's going, yeah, baby. <laughs> I'm going, okay, so it ain't me. You can't blame the cracker. I didn't do it. I just think it's hilarious that, you know, minorities in this country are going, that's messed up. And they're speaking out. So there's a heterosexual rights movement being started by rapper Little Mama. God bless you all. Thanks for listening. Next week, we'll have... Chairman Joe and the press conference. That's a wrap for this week's episode. Be the peace. Don't let emotion get the best of you. Remember, you are the resistance. God bless you, your family, and America. America.